Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. That is a quote by Soren Kierkegaard. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 52. Before we go into the episode, just want to keep you guys updated with the status of my book, From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life that You Deserve. The development of the book is going along very nicely. It is with the designer right now, and it is being designed for um, layout in book format. So paperback, hardcover, and ebook. So that's being worked on right now. Um, I'm also developing um, a trailer for the book. So that's going to be very interesting. And I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to want your feedback on that as well. The topic of this week's episode is pursue your dreams. My guest this week is Carly Tabor. Carly helps purpose-driven women to create consistent clients make $5,000 months their normal, all while achieving a greater work-life balance. After 10 successful years growing the brands, communities, and sales for leading Australian companies, she wanted more freedom to make a real difference in the world. She quit her 9-to-5 and moved to Bali, where she works on her terms, supporting purpose-driven women to become wildly profitable and positively impact many. Hi, Carly. Welcome to Trina Talk. Thanks, Trina. I'm excited to be here. Oh, you are living your best life. You are living your dream. So why don't you tell the listeners about who you are and how you come to be at the place where you are today? Sure. So I'm a business coach for purpose-driven women who are wanting to start or scale their business online so that they too can live their dream life. And for some, that is to be able to travel and work and, you know, be traveling the world while they're working. And for others, that's being able to have the flexibility to spend more time with their family and be an available mother and things like that. So that's what I do. And how I got here, hmm, how much do I tell? (laughs) Uh, The short version is so the big catalyst for me was a yoga teacher training I'd been wanting to I have a um, background of 10 years in marketing and digital and management and then almost three years ago I did the yoga teacher training here in Bali and that was really where I let go of a lot of fears and that enabled me to be able to I guess build up the courage so that I was able to resign from my job and um, start a new life. So you were in corporate yeah, and you went to Bali for a 
yoga yoga certification training class? Yep. So not many people would leave their their corporate job to move to another country. Tell me what was it that just made such an impression on you that you did that? I I'd been to Bali a couple of times before and my partner and I have done a lot of traveling uh, over the last 10 years or so. So I hadn't always had a huge urge to live overseas in general, um, but in Australia there's this woman, Katrina Rantree, and she's the host of a travel show called Getaway, and which I'm not even sure is, if it's still around, but I always wanted to be her when I was little, being able to sort of travel around. And I think, you know, we, we, we'd done all this travelling and I love experiencing new things. Um, and I guess it got to the point in Sydney where I was burnt out from the corporate life and really wanted a change. And Bali just seemed like the perfect place to do that. It's still close to Australia. It's still close to um, family and friends. And uh, it's and having been to the yoga teacher training, I guess it had a a big place in my heart in that I've created a lot of really nice memories here. Um, and, yeah, at the start of that year when we decided to move, I did say to my partner, let's, let's move to Bali this year. So I guess the intention for a specific place was there. And then the little steps throughout the year, the main one being doing the teacher training here, were I guess what made it end up happening in that, you know, I came and really enjoyed it and then that inspired me to to keep going. So how long was it in between from the time that you decided to um, relocate to the time that you actually did? And tell me about your fears and everything that went on during that time for you to make this journey. Yeah. So... We went at the start of the year when I said to my partner, let's move to Bali, I honestly didn't think it would happen. It was sort of more of one of those all talk, no action things. Like I really wanted to, but in my heart and mind, I, I couldn't see it playing out in a future tense. And so then it was in the yoga teacher training that I decided, yep, I'm ready to do this and I can do it. And so that was in the September my partner came over after the yoga teacher training and he'd never been to Bali and I pretty much, he came for two weeks and I gave him a highlights reel of, of um, the island and made sure that he loved it. <laughs> and then we, we went back to Sydney in the October and I, we were both still at our jobs and then we moved here in the January. So it was about three three months uh, and I guess during that time because the decision was made the wheels had started to you know be in motion there was definitely a fear I remember being back in Sydney and we were booking our one-way tickets to Bali and I just sort of was chickening out and scared to do it and my part I think we did the tickets from Sydney to Bali were $300 per person and 
my boyfriend said to me, look, let's book the tickets and at least that way, you know, we're, we're committing to it. And the worst thing that happens is we, you know, change our mind in the next two months or so and we don't go and we lose $300. And, you know, in the big scheme of things, that's not the worst thing. Uh, so, but there was definitely some resistance there, just I guess fearing actually moving forward and making it happen. And he definitely helped me. I think it really helped having someone by your side who's on the same page and really excited to do the same thing. Um, but the fear was probably more so before the decision to leave and before before coming back in, to Australia. And that was what I really, it was like, like all of these sort of veils of fear, like an onion unlayering that I really sort of let go of in the yoga teacher training. Uh, and the biggest one of those was around money. And I had, I have an amazing mum who did everything to make ends meet and make sure I never went without as a child. But it also allowed me to see a life that I guess I didn't really want for myself. Um, so that throughout my teens and early 20s really, I guess, fueled me to create a, a job and a lifestyle and I guess ultimately a paycheck that would allow me to never really have to be in that position. Um, so I guess the fear of lack of abundance served me really well for a long time, um, but then it was at the point where it was holding me back because that lifestyle was not what I wanted anymore. So it was really letting go of that fear and realising that I would be okay. And um, that came down to sort of thinking and having the conversation around what is the worst thing that can happen. And the worst thing that could happen is that I go back to Sydney to what is, a, you know, I guess on paper and like I still did enjoy it. I just wanted something more like, but it's still a good life, right? So it was like, okay, well, all we can do is try, like just one step at a time, just give it a go. Mm -hmm. Now, what did your families think when you guys said, okay, this is what we're doing? And did they say, you know, are you crazy? You have good jobs and an established life here, and now you're giving it all up to go somewhere else? Did how, what, were, what was their opinions? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everyone was supportive overall. I think my my mom and my grandmother were very nervous. Uh, like they were, you know, supportive and my always comes down to, you know, as long as you're healthy and happy. But I'm sure that if they were in my shoes, they wouldn't have done it. And mm -hmm. I guess that that can still be evident. So um and they and that it's hard to remember, but I think there was definitely some times where they sort of voiced their concerns around, you know, I'm at a really good point in my career and, um, yeah, just sort of letting it go, I guess. And I don't really, I don't think I really saw it as letting it go. And I was at a point where I was sure enough in myself and my decision that the comments that were made, whether it was from family or other people, like I think family is probably most supportive and it was more sort of, and friends, but then other people who would, who 
the people whose opinion you don't care so much about are the people who give their opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, yeah, because I was sure enough in what I was doing and I I had a plan, um, it didn't affect me too much. But I definitely heard their concerns and listened and was fully aware of them. Um, But, yeah, it was probably more from a career perspective. And then obviously my parents uh, both were sad that I'd be far away from them and they still keep asking when I'm coming home. (laughs) Well, you know, you made a good point about people who really don't matter in the scheme of things. They're always the ones that are the most vocal. and expressing their their opinions but i find it very um inspiring that you were you so brave and you stuck to your decision and even though you you had fear and your loved ones were voicing their their fear for you as well that you said you know no this is what i made up my mind and you went and you followed through so that in itself that's that's like the hardest part right there yeah, looking back, it was probably also the most exciting as well. I think sometimes it's hard to, like, fear and excitement can sometimes manifest in the body as a very similar feeling. And, yeah, I was definitely scared, definitely scared about the move. Um, but the the potential and the excitement and the possibility of what was possible was bigger. So you are in Bali now. So... Tell me about life. Life, yeah. So from a day-to-day basis or? Just from, I mean, are you loving it? How how did you integrate with things and, and your business? How did it take out? Just, you know, because I was looking at some of your pictures and just to hear it in your voice, you sound like you're so happy and that this is was a passion of yours that you actually got to follow through on and not everyone gets to live out their passion. So tell me how life is treating you now. It's treating me very well, I think. And this is one of those things where sometimes you just have to pinch yourself in that. Now, I'm often asking you, what's next? What's next? And of course, like while I, I do have goals, at the same time, this was my dream. And I think we're often living in a world where we're so uh, focused on being the next thing, having the next thing, doing, wanting, you know, all that sort of stuff. And for for years, this was my dream, and it still makes like it. It's everything I imagined, and it makes me really happy. And you know, I know that it was the right decision, and everything has worked out. So yes, I guess in answer to your question, it does feel really good, and you know, moving overseas, wherever it is, isn't always what people expect. And, you know, some, it works out for some people and doesn't work out for others. I know people who've sort of tried to move here and left in the time that I've been here um, because it wasn't for them. But this place felt very aligned to me on a sort of energetic perspective and uh, or level and just in terms of it's a really nice um, like physical space, but then also from a spiritual perspective, I think the island has a really nice energy and it's very calming. And you know, even though the roads can be quite chaotic at times, 
I find it a peaceful place to be. And mm. so then in terms of integrating, there's a huge expat community here, which I guess there is in, in any country, but that always helps. And because all of the locals speak English, I speak a little bit of Bahasa, but I have to be honest, I'm nowhere even close to fluent because even when you do start to speak the local language, they respond in English. <laughs> I think they always always appreciate when you say little things here and there, but then I think they also like the opportunity to practice English with you. Uh, mm -hmm. So integration, I think also having my partner was quite seamless and we were very lucky in that sense because I have seen other people move here and it just be one thing after another of things going wrong. So we were very lucky. Mm -hmm. And then on a business perspective uh, or a business front, all of my work is online. So the location doesn't matter so much when, when we've travelled and, I mean, we spent uh, eight weeks, I think it was, in Thailand, was it last year or the year before? And so, and then obviously whenever I'm back in Australia, I will still work with clients when I'm there. So the location doesn't matter so much. Mm. So your business you didn't have this started in Australia. This is something that you you started once you moved to Bali? Correct, yes. So how did that come about? How did you decide that you were going to build this online business and basically work but still have time to live and enjoy that life that you had just decided that you were going to go ahead and pursue? Yeah. So when I was in my corporate job, I had started my own website on the side, which was a health and wellness website, which wellness professionals contributed content to, and I was marketing and building a community. And so I'd started that a year or two before I did the yoga teacher training. And that started as a passion project because I wanted a place to be able to I wanted, I guess it was coming from that sort of innate feeling of wanting to have more of an impact and a uh, sense of purpose in the world. And that allowed me to really utilize my marketing and digital skill set to create a platform where wellness professionals could um, share their expertise and, and have a voice and connect with people who are wanting their services and knowledge. Um, so that worked out quite well I guess in that um, it started as a passion project and I began to monetize that so that also helped in moving over in that I had an income stream and it also really helped me build a great network of contacts and yet another I guess case study to prove the results that I can generate and so then after I resigned that really was, a, I guess, a key kind of part in my story in that I actually had people, well, I had people, a couple of people who were friends of friends, um, old colleagues, and then people who had been contributing to my website who, once they found out what I was doing, asked if I'd be willing to help them in their business or with their business. And that's sort of where coaching begun. And I'd had people mention it in the past that it would be a great thing 
for me to be doing. I never really took it seriously. But then all of a sudden, um, you know, my website wasn't matching my anywhere near matching my corporate salary. So mm. when you when you do have people sort of wanting something from you, when you need an income, you you do what it takes. And so, yes, I started to say yes to those opportunities and that's where it all begun to really kickstart from. Um, I Once I had a couple of people ask, I thought, oh, gosh, I, you know, I, in my job I'm really experienced from a um, mentoring and teaching and training perspective but I have no idea or I didn't have the confidence around what it meant to be a coach. So I did do a... Um, six month intensive to really up those that skill set and my intention wasn't to start coaching until I finished that but two months in that already gave me the confidence that I needed to um, start working with clients wow so your clients you said they can be all over the world because your business is um, online are you when you um, coach, do you have certain days and hours that you run your business and then the rest where you and your bo- boyfriend just enjoy your life? Because, you know, you made that move and you don't want to spend your whole life working. So you, you want to enjoy why you move there. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I guess the pretty hard coded um, sort of boundaries are. I definitely don't work weekends and I'm not that great at working in the evening either. I My partner finishes at um, 3.30, so that's always a nice incentive to try and mirror him. I definitely don't. Sometimes I start earlier and finish earlier or start later, finish later, or sometimes I start earlier and finish later than him. But as a general rule, uh, I really like to cluster my client-facing work. So if I'm doing client sessions, I try to cluster them into three days and then that allows me two days of the week to um, work on the business and sort of do things behind the scenes and just also have that um, breathing space to collect my energy and look after me, make sure that I'm able to show up to those calls ready for them um, rather than, yeah, I, I don't really have a desire to do Five, five days a week of jam-packed calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because they, they do take a lot of energy and you're, there's a lot of um, holding space and talking and, and strategizing. And, yeah, so I find it really helpful to cluster those into different time frames and then have my own time out of that. Mm. That's, I think that's a key thing because I think once we have our own business, I think we're so set on building that business and doing things that we we jam pack our schedule. And, you know, we get into our own business because you want that freedom. You want the freedom to do um, what you love to do, whether that's spending time with your family or travel or whatever but then we find that we've booked our calendar so tightly that we can't do the things that we started this business for so it it starts to feel like we're in corporate again yeah yeah no and look to be honest I'm not immune I think we can all get into that 
um, position at, at some point. For me, it comes down to prioritizing and being really clear on what is what is the most important thing to be doing today and what is going to make the biggest impact for me, for my clients and in my business right now. And that is the thing to do because I don't believe that you need to be, you know, working a 40-hour week to have a thriving business or be profitable if you're focusing on the right things. Mm. Wow. So you make your priority list. You have, um, so you have your systems in place. You have your priority list. You, you know, you do your batch work where you have your three days where you do your calls. And then the rest of the time is for you and your, your, um, your partner. So what type of things do you guys like to do? What do you do when you're not working? Together, there is a really great uh, eating out sort of scene here. So to be honest, it's usually revolved around going out for a meal or coffee of sorts, which I absolutely love. And I think that was probably also one of the reasons why uh, I was so excited to move here as well. So to be completely honest, that's a really big part of it and probably the majority (laughs) of what we do. Uh, and beyond that, it might be like for me going to yoga, catching up with a friend, um, going to the beach for sunset, um, either for a walk or to um, have a coconut. I I really love getting massages and they're really great here. So it's usually a mix of sort of uh, friends and food and that sounds lovely you know you said oh you get a coconut and you're relaxed and the massage and I'm going I, I want to be there because <laughs> that just that sounds like heaven and I'm listening to the birds chirping in in the background where you are and I'm going wow I don't know when the last time I actually heard a bird chirping really yeah you know and and probably I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure they do, but I'm just with the hustle and bustle of life and the big city and things like that. You, you, you don't tune in to things like that where, when you're in a place that's calm and peaceful, it, it causes you to slow down and appreciate things uh, more. Cause I mean, even in, in your tone, you're, you sound so relaxed and at peace and I'm not always. <laughs> when you were saying that I was agreeing and I think that is a large piece of of why I chose this as a place going back to your question at the beginning but then also like we've spoken about um off off the recording it, it wherever you go you can create your you know your problems will come with you and I think so much of how you're feeling whether you are present of your surroundings and whether you can notice the bird chirping is so much down to your mindset and how you choose to be in any given moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Now, are you doing any yoga classes? Are you teaching any of those or no? No, I never, after doing the yoga teacher training, I never became a teacher. Um, so going into it, that wasn't my intentions. Uh, I thought that I could you know, I was open to the idea that I might finish the training thinking that that was my path now. But um, 
as I expected it wasn't so it's definitely just remained a passion and mm-hmm. actually right now I haven't been going that often but generally yes it's a big a big part of uh, my life and my practice I have a really great studio that I go to with really awesome teachers um, so that's usually yeah how it's part of my life but I think to be honest in Sydney it really helps keep me sane and like with with that busy lifestyle and I found it really helpful and it is still really helpful and you know I can I know if I am feeling stressed that if I up my yoga classes then that's the perfect antidote um, however it's also at a point where I know that my yoga practice is strong enough that I don't need to go four times a week because so much of the yoga practice is not so much what you do in the class but how you react and or um, not react but just how you live your life off the mat and in every other moment in the day and applying those sort of principles of mindfulness and awareness in any other happening. Mm. Mm, Yes. Well, I can sit here and talk to you forever because I love the fact that you're living your dream. I love to hear that when people say, you know, I'm living my, my dream, my passion. I'm very happy because that's very inspiring because so many people are just going through life and they're not happy and they, they really don't know that they're not happy. They're just kind of on autopilot. They're on the, the rinse and repeat cycle. And, Mm. you know, it's, it's very sad and, you know, it's just, it's great that you have come to that point where you have made your life something that you are passionate about and that you are at peace with. So I, I really love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, it, it is exciting. I feel like there's a bit of a shift in, in the world in that more people are choosing this path and sort of getting out of the social norms and constructs and, you know, that life where you tick things off the list to, you know, do things a certain way, um, which is, yeah, really exciting to see other people doing so as well. And, yeah, I love seeing my clients do the same. So it's, it is inspiring whether I guess you, you don't always find yourself inspiring, but I am even inspired by clients doing it. So, yeah, it is exciting. Yes. So on that note, we're going to go into our questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who or what motivates you? My clients really do. That's a very easy one. They they show up and do the work from a personal growth perspective and um, in their business and that really inspires me and motivates me to show up and um, be the best mentor that I can be for them. Okay. What demotivates you? Oh, gosh. I think even just just the feel, I guess what's coming to mind is when I'm feeling unmotivated, it's a general feeling of overwhelm. Um, and so I guess that comes down to what we are speaking about before. If, if things aren't prioritised enough or just getting bogged down in the day-to-day when, yeah, you, you're not able to... I guess, spend your time as you want. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, that's definitely demotivating, but it's also motivating in the sense that it forces you to 
um, you know, get everything in order again. Mm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? That's a good question. The the thing that's coming to mind, I, I'm not even sure what would have been said, but I am thinking about a time in the past in a previous job, not the one before um, I moved over here, but where I had a boss who um, wasn't wasn't happy with what I was doing. I remember we were doing um, roadshows around the country and I was teaching marketing to um, our sort of clients, for want of a better word, and he, coming from a financial background, didn't see the value in marketing and wanted to cut it out. And then I remember we did a, a survey and asked attendees about their favourite parts and then I wasn't expecting marketing to be their favourite, but it was. But I guess really not having his support or belief in what I was doing and the impact that I was having um, and I guess whatever he would have been saying at the time, I, I would have found very demotivating in sense of the job, but it also inspired me to, um, one, sort of prove him wrong in that which came through in the results, but then two, inspired me to move on and and um, keep travelling and start working towards this sort of lifestyle. So, I'd, yeah, little things like that where people, I guess, leave a little imprint on you in, in not the nicest of ways can definitely be fuel for you to get to where you want to be. Mm. What is your fear? What is my fear? You know what? I still still have fears around money in that, and this is in their, um, I don't want to dismiss them too much, but like um, they're irrelevant in the sense that I've already identified it's not going to be a problem, otherwise I never would have been able to move here. But I guess there's still a little bit of that deep-seated fear from when I was little around the lack of abundance. And I'm saying that like living in my beautiful villa and, you know, life is good, but I guess we all still have fears. Mm -hmm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Not that I can think of off the top of my head, but I'm sure definitely many times throughout life, but not big enough that I have a huge regret. Okay. So here's the opposite. Is there a time you wish you had not done something? No, I don't think so. I think had I not taken the, the the biggest thing for me is having taken the leap to move here. That's the the sort of bigger biggest decision. And had I not done that, I would definitely still I'd have some regret around that. Um, yeah. Okay. What is your definition of success? To me, success is different for everyone, and what I what is success to me might not be success to someone else but ultimately for me it is a a feeling of being happy in your heart and happy with the way in which you're living your life and the people that you are surrounded with and having for me personally it's having um, a sense of freedom in who what 
how, where I spend my life. But success to me, yeah, comes more down to a feeling than a number in the bank or anything like that because I think when we're on our deathbed, we're not going to be thinking, oh, gee, I'm so great that I worked 80 hours a week, but we will regret having not spent the time with loved ones and things like that. So, yeah, happiness for me is about a feeling and freedom and creating memories with loved ones. How do you recharge? Through spending time with friends or my partner, sort of going out for a meal or a drink or going to yoga or a massage. Okay. What are you awesome at? What am I awesome at? What I do for work, I know I do well because it works and my clients get results. So marketing, particularly in the digital space and mindset, are for sure my strengths. Hmm. What legacy do you want to leave? I want to inspire and empower other women to, yeah, to feel empowered that they can live the life that they dream about and not feel like they have to follow the motions of what society expects them to do if that's not what they want to do. So really, I guess the legacy is, yeah, inspiring and empowering others to live a life that lights them up. Mm. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. I love the quote, do what sets your soul on fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell the listeners how they can connect with you. Through so my website, which is carlytabor.com. On LinkedIn, which can search my name, or I think the URL is uh, Carly Tabor Business Coach, or over on Instagram, and my name there is just my name, so it's Carly Tabor. Okay, Carly. Well, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on Trina Talk. I enjoyed speaking with you, and hopefully, we'll meet one day and we can collaborate in the future. That would be awesome. And thank you so much for having me. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.